Erica Henry, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. We are back for week two of our Summer's End series, where we're going to be learning about and hopefully practicing some spiritual disciplines together. This week, we are going to take on the spiritual practice of solitude, and hopefully we'll learn about it together, get some understandings of the misconceptions that people may have about this practice if they've heard of it, process and make a plan about how we can practice it, and then set one another loose to try it on and see what we learn. If that sounds good to you, I would encourage you to grab your Bible and a journal and we can get started. love to get started by just anchoring our episode in a short passage of scripture found in Mark chapter 1. This is straight from the life of Jesus that we're learning this practice of solitude. We see it in the patriarchs and lots of important people in the Bible, but of course here at the Holy District we are Jesus-centered people and so we're trying to model our lives after Jesus. And so in Mark it starts out with a bang Jesus is healing people. He resists the temptations of Satan in the desert. He's preaching. He's calling his first disciples. There's a lot, a lot, a lot happening. And then we get to verse 35, and Mark tells us that early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to pray. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. But Jesus answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so I can preach there as well, for that is why I have come. So he went throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So that was Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 35 and ending in 39. If you want to jot that down and take a look at it yourself. I wanted to open up with this passage like I said, to show the example of Jesus and then also to highlight some things for us that I think are really important about why even explore the practice of solitude. There are a lot of things that we can be doing. We, of course, um, if we grew up in the church, probably heard read your Bible and pray, have alone time with God, those kinds of things. But when it comes down to it, what does that actually look like and how do we actually um, experience and hear from God? And we see here, after lots of activity, after going through a lot of different things, uh, doing the will of God, it it seems very important uh, for Jesus to slip away. And I think it's interesting that Mark describes it that way, that he slipped out to a solitary place to pray. Didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, Wasn't a big show. But early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and found, slipped out and found this solitary place to be with his father. And uh, whenever his his disciples come looking for him or his friends come looking for him, they are kind of frustrated, it seems. Uh, Mark 
Mark records them as kind of saying, everyone's looking for you with an exclamation mark. So it's kind of like, where'd you go? Uh, You're doing all this stuff. People want you to heal them. Everyone's looking for you. How could you just, just disappear on us like that? We're all depending on you. But Jesus answers very serenely, uh, as how I understand this passage, with some clarity about what he needs to do next and the purpose for which he has come. Let's go on to the neighboring town so I can preach there as well, for that is why I've come. And what I'm seeing in this passage today is I'm sharing with you, and I'm sure I would see something different uh, if I looked at it again tomorrow or next week, is that um, Jesus probably needed to go to a solitary place to pray and be with his father to rest and repair after a lot of work and activity and a lot of people coming to him and depending on him and needing him, a lot of kingdom activity. But it also seems like from how he responds to his companions that he also was able to get some really important clarity and serenity about his purpose and what he needed to do moving forward from that place. Uh, Up until this point, as Jesus is ministering in this context, all these people are coming to him as they're hearing about what he can do, and they're listening to him, and he's casting out demons, and he's doing these amazing things. And uh, you could imagine that Jesus could probably stay in this one place and keep on responding to the needs of the people around him perpetually. And there would always be a reason. There would always be more to do. There would always be more needs that Jesus could respond to. There would always be more teaching that would need to be taught. There would always be more things that need to be done. And here Jesus takes this moment to get away from all that all the pressing needs, all the demands, all the hustle and bustle, all of the human activity, and even all of the uh, the good, like spiritual, kingdom, positive healing activity, Jesus needed to remove himself from that environment in order to know how to move forward from that place. And maybe, you know, maybe you can relate. I I know I can, and I'm not Jesus. <laughs> Shucker, if you didn't know that. Um, But, you know, I am a mom. I am a wife. I am a daughter. I have a job. I'm a pastor. I'm a volunteer. I serve on boards. I am a neighbor. There are all these different roles in my life. And uh, I'm sure you probably feel the same way. There are moments and even seasons where it feels like, Every role is demanding something from you. And it can be very easy to get caught up in just responding to the perpetual demands that our lives and relationships and the needs around us put before us. Now, this is a a beautiful disposition to have, to want to serve and respond um, respond to others and to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom of God, just as Jesus is modeling for us in Mark chapter 1. And at the same time, it's uh, that is a also a way that we can get off track and get pulled away from our identity and from our relationship to God and with Jesus. And so this practice of solitude is a way that we can guard ourselves, our lives, our time, our minds, our souls, It's a way to be intentional in creating 
pockets of time where we are seeking the true source of our value, the true source of our identity and the love of our souls in order to move forward from that place rather than all these other places that we can end up defaulting, uh, defaulting from. And so I think this is a really beautiful practice that God offers to us and invites us into. And I also think that there are some misconceptions about what this practice is about. So let's jump into those. And then when we're done with that, we'll start putting together a plan of how we can actually implement the spiritual discipline of solitude in our lives. Okay, so I've got three misconceptions that I am thinking about when it comes to the practice of solitude. Now, there are many, many different kinds of spiritual disciplines. Solitude is one of them. And often, solitude gets paired with another spiritual discipline, which is the discipline of silence. Silence and solitude. And that makes sense for a lot of reasons. Oftentimes, people do choose to practice both of these disciplines at the same time. The problem is, is that sometimes people think that solitude and silence are essentially the same practice, and and really they're not. The purpose of solitude is different than the purpose of the practice of silence, in that when we're engaging the spiritual discipline of silence, we are intentionally quieting ourselves and quieting our environment so that we can be better prepared to hear from God, and also just experience the discipline and the practice of that that emptying of ourselves and that uh, restricting of ourselves and the the uh, applying some limitations to ourselves. We can be pretty quick to speak, we can be pretty quick to act, and we can be so fast to talk or say or assert ourselves that we don't give ourselves the time to really pause and reflect and listen. And the practice of silence really helps us to get that muscle built up in our spiritual lives. And that's a beautiful practice. And like I said, that pairs very well with the practice of solitude for some people. But the purpose of solitude is about stepping away from human activity and human stimulus so that you can better tune into God's presence in your life. And so often uh, people might choose to practice solitude. It's not about locking yourself in a closet with, with no distractions. It might actually be better to practice solitude by taking some time to go to somewhere beautiful in nature or to a park or to um, you know somewhere outdoors that is quiet and mostly undisturbed by human activity where you can actually start to tune in to your surroundings without all the distractions of the people, the needs, the tasks, the to-do list that would be demanding your attention if you were to say, you know, just keep trying to do this kind of thing at home. And and this is what the this is one of the real values of spiritual disciplines. I think all of us want to grow in our spirituality. I think all of us want to become better people. I think we all want to be good people. 
But the problem is, is that we kind of might think that we can just will ourselves toward that. Like, I'll just do better next time. I'll just try harder next time. Well, next time I won't feel that way. And then we find ourselves in that next time and we end up behaving in the same way that we said that we didn't want to. And we, we haven't given ourselves the space or the time or the, uh, the place to actually practice, to try some of these things on and to do it in a place that's safe and open so that we can get some reps in, if you think about it like exercise. And so w- once again, the practice of solidar- uh, I'm sorry, the practice of solitude is about removing yourself not from any noise or any um, environment or being you know totally by yourself and silent. It's actually about stepping away from human activity and stimulus so you can better tune into God's presence that's already always there. And we talk about this as the all times, all places, healing, holiness of God. God's always at work. God loves you and God loves this world and he loves every everyone around you. And if you, it's not easy for you to experience that on a day-to-day basis, then the practice of solitude might really help you. Now, the second misconception is about that solitude is about just being alone or lonely. And that's I think that might be a hesitation that people have. I most people don't enjoy being alone or many people don't. Some people really love being alone, so this might be a go-to spiritual practice for you. Um but for those of us who prefer being in the presence of others, this 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 spiritual discipline might feel like it's one that we don't really want to do. But once again, I just want to emphasize that the goal isn't to kind of lock yourself away from any connection or any kind of interaction. The goal is actually to put yourself into an environment where you have a greater ability to sense and experience the presence of God with you at all times, but especially in that time. And this is, again, why trying this practice in nature, I think, is a really beautiful way to to start working it into your spiritual life, because um, even people who are on a spectrum of, of belief uh, tend to have an experience of just majesty and grandeur when they're in the mountains or at, at the beach and looking at the ocean or just in a really beautiful uh, landscape. There's something that helps us to kind of find a, a more realistic place in the world whenever we are in the midst of nature. And so don't think of the practice of solitude as a way to, to be alone. Think about it as a way to be, uh, be more connected to the reality that you are never alone and that God is always with you. Last misconception I want to talk about before we kind of jump into some really practical things. There can be a, a misconception that if you practice solitude, you have to like go away for a retreat for a week or a day, or that there's some there's some emphasis on this being something that you have to do for a long period of time. And what I would encourage you to say, what I want to encourage you about is that the practice of solitude doesn't have to be about going on a week trip you know, by yourself to get back in touch with the inner you. 
it can actually be more about finding small pockets in your day, maybe every day, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, where you budget time to step away from the busyness and from the stimulus and step into and step toward a more peaceful place where you might be able to attune differently to the presence of God. So if you're, if you're someone who's got a really full schedule and lots of people depending on you and work and school or whatever it may be, and you're thinking, I can't get away for a weekend or a full day or whatever that might be, that's okay. You can do the practice of solitude for 20 minutes. You can do it for an hour. And with any of the practices or disciplines that we'll talk about in this series, there is no part of me that desires to shame anyone about their ability to try or do any of any of these things. What's really beautiful about the idea of a spiritual discipline or spirit, spiritual practice is that that's exactly what it is. It's practice. This isn't something that we have to be perfect at. This isn't something that we are going to master or accomplish. Or There's no end to a practice. It's something that we return to and return to and return to because in the act of practicing uh, like solitude, what we're talking about today, it's going to deepen something in us. It's going to enrich our lives. And so if you're someone that's thinking, man, I don't know if I can do that, you know, maybe it's just starting with five or 10 minutes going for a walk. Um, that, that might be a really great starting place for you. And whatever is a good place to start for you is a very good place to be. So I just want to leave you with that encouragement and also um, invite you to grab your journal because I have a couple questions that I want to walk us through to wrap up this week's episode that I hope will give you a good kind of starting point if you want to try out the spiritual practice of solitude in your life. So if you've got your journal, I just have, let's see, four four-ish questions that I would love to give you some time to think about and journal about um, as we conclude today. So my first question is, what is appealing to you about the idea of this spiritual practice, the practice of solitude? What, if you did this practice, what value do you think it would add to your life? Is there anything about this idea of solitude that feels unfamiliar to you or maybe even a little scary? Like, I don't know if I'll really enjoy this piece of it. Take a moment to consider that and then just jot down your answer. In an ideal world, when would you do this and how often? If you had it your way and this practice added value to your life, how often would you want to do it? Where would you go? Just begin to imagine what that would look like and then write down some of your ideas or goals.
if you were to really integrate this practice of solitude into your everyday life, whether that's on a daily or weekly, monthly basis, what supports would you need in order to really make this practice happen? Whose help would you need to ask for? And how do you feel about the idea of needing others to support you? Take a second and jot down your thoughts. And I'll just give a little bit more time for you to think about or pray or reflect on anything that might be helpful for you as you're considering this practice of solitude. A little bit more time to meditate or contemplate this, and then we'll get ready to wrap up. Okay, so there you have it. Just a little foray into the spiritual practice of solitude. Man, I really hope you'll give it a try if you haven't. And if you do give it a try, we would love to hear from you at the Holy District. You can find us on social media at Rediscover Sacred on Facebook and Instagram. You can also reach out to us on our website. That's holydistrict.org. You can fill out a contact form and get in touch with touch with us there. You could also set up a spiritual direction session with me or one of the other members of the team. We would love to talk with you about how this looks and walk with you through this spiritual practice and others as we continue on in this series. I'm really grateful that you're a part of this. I hope that this episode and this series itself will really serve you as we move forward into this coming autumn season and whatever the next season of your life might hold for you. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time. District is a growing network of people in the United States who are finding creative ways to live integrated, Jesus-centered lives in their communities, with their communities, and for their communities. We're dedicated to rediscovering the sacred in the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play, and we're so glad you're on this journey with us.